This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I had my microphone muted. Oh, goodness me. Good morning. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Hello and welcome to the Gouda Talk. Very much appreciated that you're all here. You can tell that, you know, I'm not in the usual surroundings if I can't even unmute my mic when I start. But good morning to everybody joining us. Very much appreciate your time as always. Uh, Jumping into the chat box, let's see. Who is with us? Uh, Johnny, good morning to you, to Peeny Ween, to Amira, Paul, Jose, uh, Louis, Peter, Vivian. Uh, we've got Prince, uh, John, Olawale, Stephen, Stevie, Ephraim. Uh, we've got Civil Salads. Uh, we've got uh, John, Josh, Temi, Peter, Morgie, and plenty more of you guys joining us as well. Thank you, as always. Um, yeah, the car, the car looks weird. Yeah, not in the car uh, this morning, certainly just in the... Uh, in the hotel room today, no cars. It's not in the New Forest anymore. But uh, yes, Richard, welcome to the Cotswolds. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, having a lovely, lovely time. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and joining us in not-so-usual uh, surroundings, as you can see. It's going to be this for the next couple of days. Well, today and tomorrow, uh, back to normal on Monday. But uh, we're talking about the game in tomorrow's show. Arsenal face-off against Fulham at 3 o'clock this afternoon at the Emirates Stadium. Uh, very much looking forward to that. And hopefully Arsenal getting a very significant victory on the boards. Uh, Fulham, of course, without Tim Ream. Now without Alexander Mitrovic after he left to join um, Al-Halal, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, certainly very excited for the game later on today and uh, looking forward to seeing what happens but uh, we've got a lot of news to talk about between now and then so without further ado let's crack on with today's stories first of all Chelsea winning last night in their Premier League fixture against Luton Town a relatively comfortable win Uh, 3-0 was the scoreline Raheem Sterling anyone uh, got him in their fantasy team because I didn't Uh, I haven't got him on fantasy team which is you know, I know some people hate fantasy and go, well, why would you celebrate the fact that you got a Chelsea player? Well, it's not about that. You disassociate yourself from it. You know, you've got to be in a position where you're like, mm, you're just good at guessing who's going to do well that week. And uh, I wouldn't be panicking from a Chelsea perspective about this, to be honest. Luton were and are not the best team. Um, and certainly I feel they're going to be on the bad end of probably potentially the worst points tally 
of any Premier League sides in potentially the league's history. I think Derby got something like 17 or something like that, you know, so it's going to be pretty hard to beat that. But uh, yeah, I, I think they, they there's a good chance they might be one of the earliest teams to be relegated in Premier League history. But let's uh, let's wait and see uh, what ends up happening with, uh, with Luton. But after two games, they've only played two, of course, because their game against Burnley was postponed whilst their stadium goes under renovations. But they lost uh, quite considerably to, was it uh, Wolves? No, was it Wolves? Brighton, someone on the first day, um, and uh, now lo- lost 3-0 to uh, a bottom half of the Premier League team in Chelsea. So, yeah, not going all that well for them. Uh, Saka, meanwhile, has been talking um, and speaking about Arsenal's ambitions as a club and what they're hoping to achieve uh, as a club as well. He was asked uh, in The Guardian, talking specifically about the Premier League season. He says, we are working towards that every day. So, yeah, uh, that's what we all want to achieve, but we have to do more talking on the pitch. He was asked about Declan Rice, and he said he adds a lot. It's quality, leadership, desire. He's just everywhere, and he's going to be a really big addition for us. Uh, you can't already, you can already see the impact that he is having on us. You can read the full interview, of course, in The the Guardian. Uh, if you want to read that with Bakaya Saka, that's uh, Donald uh, Donald McRae, I believe, has done the uh, done the article. So uh, there you go. Go and check it out uh, in the Guardian this week. But uh, moving forward, Mikel Arteta undertook his press conference, um, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see some of the answers to these questions because there were some very very uh, high level topics to discuss, some polarizing topics, and some controversies as well. I did enjoy how the uh, the press conference kicked off with Moose <laughs> uh, asking asking Arteta how he was saying good, uh, asking how Moose was. It was in goal for us at the Emirates of course when we did our live blog, live vlog day um, there and uh, just simply not bad but Arteta not understanding what not bad means but everyone in England says not bad not knowing really what they mean when they say not bad, but it was a good exchange. If you haven't yet watched the uh, the press conference back, I would recommend it. It was a good one. Um, he was in a good mood, which is good to see because he's not always in the best of mood for those uh, press conferences. So he was really good, I thought, in the press conference, actually. Um, but on Gabriel Jesus, that was the really big news that he discussed uh, in the press conference, of course. He says, we're really happy. Obviously, it was a big blow for him after pre-season that he had to have another surgery, but he's looking really sharp and trained the full week really good. So he's ready to go and so I think it was um I can't remember who it was that asked the question it might have been Cottrell that asked the question um but he was asked about whether or not he'd be you know he wouldn't be it was like you wouldn't be involved against Fulham would he and he was like he's ready to go yeah um so uh let's see if he starts the match today it'd be very interesting to see if he is indeed in the squads uh, I talked about this yesterday for me like if he's ready to go start him I know some people would say you know get him back react get him off the bench that sort of thing but uh if he's ready, start him. He's good enough. And Eddie Nketiah, while scoring against um, Nottingham Forest and had an OK game, you know, a decent game, more than decent game, to be fair, um, against Crystal Palace, hasn't done enough in those two games for me to think Jesus shouldn't be coming straight back into the team at this moment in time. If he was out for a bit longer, then we would have given Nketiah the chance. But we need to get Jesus in, firing, ready, getting minutes on the field. And yeah, I would start him. If he thinks that he's ready, if the doctors are happy, start him in this game. I put him in my dream lineup and... Uh, I'd certainly put him in there if he is indeed available. Uh, asked about following Balogun's future, obviously, he said, we cannot say anything. There is some movements, but we cannot get dragged into individuals because there is nothing concrete. And he was asked about Kieran Tierney, and obviously he said the same answer that you expect, which is, again, there's nothing resolved. So 
we can't tell you about that at the moment. Um, he was asked about the importance of getting kind of a squad settled. And he said it's really important, especially for the players and everybody's needs to have clarity in their roles when they're playing and obviously their families as well. We need clarity in the amount of numbers that we're going to have and who can do what. But until the window is shut, it's still a bit strange to be competing already in different competitions and the window still being open. But we have to deal with that. It's happened for a long time and we're used to it. Uh, he was then asked about Gabriel. And he says that Gabby is a really important player for us and there is nothing going on with that at the moment. He was asked a few more questions about uh, Saudi Arabia as well and kind of the presence of the Saudi Pro League and how big of a threat it is to the Premier League. And he says it's another competitor and it brings all the opportunities for players, managers and people that work in the industry to decide. At the end, we are free to decide when clubs, players or whoever has to agree to something. You have to have the intention to go and you need to find the agreement. So there will be a contract. If people agree to go, but there we don't agree to sell them, it cannot go two or three different ways. And then he was asked about whether or not the money being spent there um, is something he's thought about. And he says the player has to be willing to go and the club has to be willing to sell him. So we will still have that choice contractually, especially in this country, you are very protected. At the end, I don't think all the responsibility is for them. They have resources like we have. Other countries will look at the Premier League and say, if a Premier League club comes in, we are dead. Uh, but still, a lot of things have to happen. It's another competitor, that's for sure. And that obviously links into kind of the um, Gabriel thing. He also said um, around the kind of the Pro League about rejecting offers. And he says, uh, if anyone came in from the Pro League in the next couple of weeks for any of our big players, would he reject them? And he said, the principle would be that, but I cannot make the decision for the club. And there is a lot of people involved in the process who have, who would have a say on it. Um, it would be on a table like any other offer and we would have to have a look at it, but it's not ideal because now it's a competitor. So it is very, very interesting to see... Um, it's very interesting to see like him talk about kind of so dismissively of, of any potential bids. I think that's good. You know, you want the coach to be in a position where he's just turning down any potential, um, you know, offers that are coming in the next couple of weeks, because that's, that's really important. Um, and then moving into uh, another really important question, he was asked about um, Louis Rubiales, uh, of course, after the controversy of the women's world cup final in which he was, uh, videoed being frankly inappropriate with a lot of the Spanish uh, players and Hermoso in particular. And uh, he was asked about that and he said, for sure. And hopefully it doesn't because I'm extremely proud of what they've done. I think the whole country is, but I don't have the full details. Sorry, I cannot comment on what happened today, but it is a sad that this is happening while everybody should be celebrating extremely proud of what they being the, the women's football team uh, and the players uh, have done. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, it's just kind of crazy seeing the press conference that we all saw yesterday um, with uh, with Rubiales saying that, you know, he's not stepping down. Um, and fair play to the Spanish uh, women's team that are saying that they're not going to play another game until um, until that he steps down. And I hope that, you know, I hope that certainly is the case. And I hope that he does step down because it was really inappropriate um and horrific scenes to be honest after the final so yeah not good um but i thought michael Arteta handled that really really well um moving forwards to other stories and transfers in particular uh brighton are keen on laconga but only as uh, a alternative to Carlo Baleba, who is the Lille midfielder that they want to sign. As we've mentioned before, Monaco could become a potential destination. I've been, I've been saying, you know, for a few days now that France is probably the most likely destination for Lukonga. Um, let's wait and see if any other clubs come to the fore. Monaco was mentioned to me, but uh, it could be others. You know, France has got a lot of teams that might be interested in taking Lukonga for a season. Wherever he goes, Lukonga has to play. 
you know. So hopefully we find a destination for him where he can get a regular minute or two, you know, playing week in, week out and raising his value, raising his profile so that in 2024 we can get a good sale for him. And lastly, um, Balogun's price tag. We talked yesterday about how Fabrice Hawkins of RMC Sport reported that it would be a uh, €45 million deal that was being discussed. In the last 24 to 48 hours, the final details between Arsenal and Monaco have been discussed. And reports are suggesting now, you know, plenty of reports that it will be a €40 million deal, uh, a €30 million guaranteed fee with €10 million in uh, what is described to me as achievable add-ons. So uh, ultimately, you're looking at around £35 million in total. Uh, for for following Balogun. And uh, this has sparked quite a lot of frustration online. Um, I'm not in the crowd of people that are frustrated about this. Um, I said to people at the beginning of the window that I thought it would be about £35 million, uh, 30 to £35 million that we would get for Balogun. And that certainly has turned out to be the case in the end. Um, I had a, lot, a few debates, I'm sure, that when we do our phone-in shows towards the end of the window next week and the week after, uh, there'll be people, you know, still frustrated about how much money we end up getting. It seems that we will get the record fees. The record fee is around £35 million. It's just over that, I believe, for um, Oxlade-Chamberlain. So Arsenal should hopefully still get their record deal um, and sale for uh, for Balogun. But uh, for an academy player that's not played more than two or three Premier League appearances and I think one of them was a start against Brentford and the rest of those are substitute performances. Ultimately, Arsenal have, have done really, really well. Uh, what's really good about this is that Arsenal's, the negotiations towards the end of this deal being agreed was to do a lot with the sell-on clause. Now, we're still trying to find out what that sell-on clause is. It's Fabrizio Romano described it as a, quote, significant sell-on clause. Now, it depends on your use of language. I wouldn't describe a 10% sell-on clause as significant. I would describe a 20% sell-on clause as, as significant. So I'm hoping it's looking more toward the 20% number than the 10% number. If it's 10%, I think it could have been better. Um, but 20% obviously represents Arsenal potentially getting a very good thing. And people shouldn't be frustrated about this. You know, those that are saying that, you know, this guy could be worth 80-odd million in a window one day, well... If we sell it, if they sell him for 80 million quid, Arsenal would be getting 16 million pounds in a 20% sell-on clause or 8 million pounds in a 10% sell-on clause. If he sold for even 60 million pounds in the future, they would be getting 20, uh, 12 million, uh, million uh, on top of that as well that they've already paid. So it's very likely that with that sell-on clause, Arsenal will end up getting a figure in total that goes well beyond what their record sale is right now. And also people have suggested that, you know, clubs like Manchester City have been doing really, really well with players that have been sold from their academy. But I'm pretty sure that this is a higher price than Man City have ever got for any of their academy talents. Um, I know that Chelsea obviously have sold Mason Mount for a significant amount of money this summer, uh, but he's played a number of seasons in the Premier League, won the Champions League with Chelsea too, of course, as well. And he moved for about, what, £60 million, something like that. And then Liverpool... I don't think Liverpool have a player. Some people said Sterling, but Sterling was at Liverpool, I think, for two years. He joined in 2016 from QPR after spending something like seven years with QPR in their youth academy before moving to Liverpool. So not sure I equate that to the same kind of deal as Balogun, who's been at the club since in his single-digit years. So 
ultimately with you know two years left on his deal uh getting 35 million pounds uh is is really really good so very happy with that indeed and um yeah hopefully uh we continue with this thread and we see more sales in the future between now and the end of the window like Nuno Tavares um like Cedric Pepe and we continue to push towards potentially a 100 million pound recoup of funds uh this window which would be absolutely brilliant right uh let's move to part two and your questions then right after this hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, questions in the chat box. Uh, let's go to uh, Maya says, How much do you think Cole Palmer would be worth? Good question. He's played Premier League minutes, of course. He's got more opportunities in the Premier League um, than Balogun has for Man City. I think they were quoting a price at around £30 million this summer. Um, so, Cole Palmer price. Let me have a quick check. I'm pretty sure I saw some reports suggesting he was going, Yeah. Um, Thirty million pounds um, is what Man City are asking for Cole Palmer, who has been with City, you know, um, and played in the Premier League. Scored, of course, against Arsenal in that Community Shield uh, final as well. So, yeah, I, I think that even the most likely of top talents that City have that could be sold isn't eclipsing what Arsenal have made for following Balogun. So, yeah, certainly overall. Another really good comparison to show what a good deal Arsenal have got for uh, for Balogun. Um, Esmond says, I would like to see how we could uh, put Eddie and Jesus playing together. I mean, why not try it? Eddie in the front uh, with Jesus behind him or both playing Jesus play on the wing to relieve Saka and Martinelli. I think that Saka would probably drop out in some games for Jesus if you were to play them together. I think Jesus has played on the right wing a number of times and for City as well. So it would make sense if you're going to bring in Jesus for anyone. It would probably be Saka to give him a bit of a rest and playing with Nketiah up top. Um, Sabot Tom says, did City get anything for Lavia? I think they did. Uh, Lavia sell-on clause. I'm pretty sure they got something like 20% or something. Um it's been reported in some quarters that the buyback clause is worth 40 million. Yes. Um, I'm trying to find what the sell on is, though. Sell. Um, DL surrounding cl- uh, clause in the deal have also emerged. The Blues reportedly having a sell on clause valued at 20% and the opportunity to match any future bids uh, for the Belgium Youth International. It's been reported that the sum quarter, uh, that the buyback is about 40 million. Chelsea paid 50. So City got about. 10 million pounds for Lavia. I think they sold him for something like 12 million pounds. They got about 22 million pounds in total uh, for Lavia. So I ended up doing very, very well 
off the back of that deal. Um, but still, didn't get as much money as, as Arsenal did. Uh, nowhere near uh, for... Uh, for um uh for Balogun. So yeah, uh, Darren says we got 27 million for Balogun. We've got no idea if add-ons will be achieved. Darren, what I can tell you is that those add-ons are, are very much expected to be achieved. And we can't, it's not a case of like we can pick and choose when we talk about add-ons for deals and when we can't talk about add-ons for deals because we're starting to talk about saying how much Arsenal have paid for so many people will criticize how much we paid for Havertz, except the Havertz deal has add-ons. People criticize the Rice deal. Rice deal can includes add-ons, Timbers deal includes add-ons, but it's all well and good. We want to criticise how much Arsenal spent on players and we use the maximum price tag, don't we, to criticise Arsenal. But when it comes to how much Arsenal have made, we don't gen- we don't then talk about add-ons. So yeah, I think there's a little bit of contradictions going on there for those criticisms about the, uh, the guaranteed and the add-ons. But what I can tell you is they're achievable add-ons for a club like Monaco. Uh, MJ10 says, uh, I understand uh, the frustration with Balogun's price. However, people need to understand that the only player who will receive a huge fee are the ones the fans don't want to sell. It's very true. Uh, Elmo says, Tom, how much uh, ins and outs do you think will be completed before the end of the transfer window? Uh, pretty fitting that we ain't getting big money now for Tierney uh, to get another uh, player in. I actually think it's more to do with spaces in the squad than necessarily the money. Arsenal would have preferred, of course, to get a fee for Tierney, which to my understanding, despite some reports yesterday claiming that there's an option to buy, you know, I've not got to have it confirmed on my end, but certainly I know that Fabrizio Romano and, and the like have been saying it's a dry loan with no option and I'd be inclined to lean into their knowledge on that one. So when it comes down to the Tierney move, it's a good loan, bringing back in 24 with two years left on his deal. Hopefully he's had a really good campaign and we can sell him for a very good price. I know that people didn't necessarily want to see him go and they're saying that, well, Zinchenko's injury prone and Tommy Ash is injury prone, but... Tierney is also injury prone. Like people relying on Tierney to be fit is a bit ironic, uh, to be honest, in that argument. But uh, I see what they're saying. But I think in terms of predictions, I think Pepe will leave. I think Cedric will go probably for free. I think Lukonga will get a loan. I think Tavares will be sold. Um, I think Holding will stay. I think Holding will probably stay. Um, I think they just don't think they're going to get the value on on holding, to be honest. But uh, let's wait and see. Um, in terms of incomings, I'm hoping that we get a defender. But I think it probably will just be the one. And even then, it's not, I'm not saying I'm like, I'm really confident. I think it's 50 50 if Arsenal brings somebody in. Hopefully, we do. Um, Yeah, Darren says one more good season and Monaco will sell him to Chelsea for 80 million. And in which case, if we got a 20% sell on clause, then we're going to get 16 odd million quid. And though, therefore, we would have gone over um, with the add ons as well, you know, 50 odd million quid. So uh, happy, happy days indeed. Um, Daniel says, Was there a preview for the Fulham game? We combined the preview, Dan, with the uh, the, uh, morning show, I think it was two days ago, um, because as I'm going away and I went away yesterday. We haven't been able to fit it in. So we combined it with one of the morning shows, Dan, uh, two days ago, which means that you didn't watch. So you've outed yourself. <laughs> uh, Benji says, been seeing this around lately. Uh, so Tom, rank them the entire career, not just the peaks. Um, who Rank what? You've not told me what to rank. Uh, I'm looking for your name, Benji, but I can't see the comment. I don't know what you're telling me to rank. You've, you've put it again, but I can't. I can't I can't see which what you're telling me to rank. I have to come back to that if indeed you put the things in the chat box. Oh, here we go. Um Neymar, Ronaldinho, Bale, Robin, and Hazard. Rank them. Um entire careers, not just peaks. Um, um entire career. So in terms of kind of where they're at, what they won. Um I think Bale is at the top. 
because I think he won how many is it? What three Champions Leagues? Maybe four. I want to get that right. I think it was three. Gareth Bale. How much did he win? Um, he was always very good. I know he's an ex-Spurs player, but I can just appreciate him for what he was. Champions Leagues. One, two, three, four, five Champions Leagues. So, uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say that with three La Ligas, five Champions League, a Copa del Rey, a Super Cup, uh, two UEFA Super Cups, and three FIFA Club World Cups, I think it's... and. The only Spurs trophy from 2007, 2008 as well. That in itself is an amazing achievement, getting Spurs a trophy. Uh, So Bale was certainly at the top. I then go with Robin um, after that, then Neymar, then Ronaldinho, then Hazard. The reason why with Ronaldinho, right, and look, I think in terms of talent and raw talent, Ronaldinho is the best player on that list in terms of their raw talent and what they were capable of achieving. But his kind of peak... And what he had at the top of his game was a really short period. He won one Champions League, two La Ligas um, and a Supercopa Espana twice as well. But outside of that, he didn't win anything with PSG. He didn't win anything with um, AC Milan. He didn't win anything with... Was he anyone else in Europe uh, with him as well? Um, No, he was just with PSG, Barcelona and Milan. And whilst I actually think that of those one, two, three, four, five, that Ronaldinho was the most talented of all of those five players, if we're ranking them in terms of career, um, I mean, it's difficult to even say that Hazard, who technically has won, I don't have to really count, you know, the Champions Leagues that he's won because he barely played in the, the Real Madrid ones. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it says that he won the Champions League with Real Madrid. Oh, no, he didn't win any Champions Leagues with Chelsea, did it? Because he left, he joined the year after they won the Champions League and he left the year before, I think, they won the Champions League. So, um, yeah, no, I'd probably stick stick by that uh, that ranking. But uh, you may want to disagree with me, but uh, but there you go. So, yeah, um, I think Ronaldinho is the most talented of those. But in terms of their career and what they won across all of them, um, I think that's probably the right order. Um, but there you go. World Cup. I suppose World Cup. I'm forgetting it. Yeah, I'm going off clubs, aren't I? Um, did he win a World Cup? This is my, you're testing my knowledge now. Brazil. Uh, he won the World Cup in 2002. Um, oh, yeah, that changes things a bit. I guess that does change things a little bit. So, and Robin's trophies. I'm sure that Robin won a ridiculous number of trophies. Um, but the World Cup does change things. Wasn't thinking about the World Cup. It's just this is how much I, that's how little I care about international football. With Bayern Munich, Robin won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Bundesliga titles. Um, one, two, three, four, five DFB Pokals, a Champions League. He won two Premier League titles with Chelsea. He won an FA Cup, uh, two Football League Cups. He won La Liga. Um, he won the Eredivisie in 2000, 2003 got to uh, as a World Cup runner-up in 2010. I think that, you know, I wouldn't... I mean, he might swap all of those trophies for one World Cup, arguably. And I know a lot of players probably would, you know, swap that one, swap all their Champions Leagues for a World Cup, maybe. But, yeah, for me, Bale was at the top of that. Um, I hate the fact he played for Spurs, but I really appreciate Bale's career and the things that he won. To win five Champions Leagues is an unbelievable achievement, um, especially when Real Madrid weren't even winning like all the La Ligas. You know, it's just what they did in that tournament was absolutely monstrous. But I think that maybe Ronaldinho pushes himself up above, maybe above Neymar, considering he won the uh, the World Cup. So we'll go, we'll go Bale, Robin, 
Ronaldinho, Neymar, and uh, I can't remember the last one was. <laughs> Hazard at the bottom. So there you go. Um, that's that's your list from me. But tell me in the comment section below what your list is and your reasons as to why. Um, okay, other questions. Uh, we won't be taking too many more. Um, but uh, yeah, let's go. Um, Peter says, why do you think Newcastle uh, are going to gamble on Lewis Hall from Chelsea for upwards of 34 million on loan in, uh, instead of going for Tierney? Because he's more reliable. Um, they would probably rely on him more. They can invest in him for a longer period of time. Um, and he's already got Premier League experience, of course, still at such a young age. He's a Newcastle fan. So he's got that attachment with the club as well. Um, and I think that, yeah. Ultimately, um, there's a lot more reasons to invest money into Lewis Hall than there is to invest money into Tierney. And that's a situation that Tierney's injuries have sadly created and the fact that he's not been able to get into Arteta's team on a regular basis last season. So they've invested in the player that uh, they feel has got more potential and a higher ceiling for them than uh, than Tierney. Um I'm not addressing your silly conversation, the chat box. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Gavin says, what do you think of the lack of Balogun price comparisons, Tom? Um, as in how much we paid for Lacazette? Gavin, you have to provide me with some more. Um, you're going to have to provide me with some more clarity on that. Uh, Maya says, Tini is reliable, has Premier League experience, and he'll give the best to anyway. Good luck to him. Um, I'm going to read out Kieran Tini's injury records just, just to address a point that Kieran is supposedly is reliable um, because sadly it's just just not the case injury history for Arsenal so he has had one two three four five six plus seven in the case of uh, Scotland as well so he missed 19 games with a shoulder injury two games with a groin injury six games with a knee injury eight games with a knee injury three games with an ankle injury and 10 games and had to have knee surgery as well from March through to July, which obviously would have been a longer period, but thankfully some of it was covered by pre-season. Um, that's not reliable, Mayor. It's just not reliable, mate. So, yeah, sorry, but uh, it does not work. Right, uh, we are going to end the show there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Very much appreciate your time, as always. Uh, thank you to everyone that has indeed tuned in. It is very much appreciated. I hope that you've had a good start to your weekends. And uh, I certainly hope that uh, you enjoy the rest of your weekend as well. And uh, I look forward to the game a little bit later this afternoon. I'll be back tomorrow morning, of course, to give you all the latest uh, regarding what happened in the game against Fulham. We'll be breaking that down in the morning. But thank you for listening. Really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, I'll speak to you soon. And have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.